Empowered Church. This session, I just want to quickly encourage us to look at, to consider together what God is telling us as a church for this next phase. The first five years of a church is very significant. And as we have heard, the five significant number of grace spiritually is something that should encourage us to understand that we are engraced. We are empowered even to higher things. And I want to charge everyone here and everyone who the Lord will be adding to us as we continue this journey that we are called to be servants of God. And it is important that we understand the concept of church has, been, has become abused over the years. And many times, many people do not even understand what church is. The church is not a social club. The church is not a political association. The church is not a grouping of people who just like themselves or like each other. The church is the body of Christ, an entity set up by God for God to enable the world to be reconciled unto God as God had already ordained it. And so as we start this new month, every month in this church, we have a theme. And at times it runs over two months. As we start this new month, we are starting a brand new series. And I'll just introduce that today. I'm not having a full preaching. We've had our preaching. But I'll just introduce it today. And um, want to encourage us to begin to engage with the Holy Spirit in what he will be doing with us. And those of you that will be listening to this on LiveGate Outreach, watching it on LiveGate Outreach TV or listening by podcasts, this is an intro to that series that we will be titling Celebrating Purposeful Gifts and Callings. Celebrating Purposeful Gifts and Callings. Since this church started, every year God gives me titles of things that we will be looking at way before. Many times, like now, the things that we'll be doing for January, February, March, like that, next year, by God's grace, already come to me. And I take time to pray and pray and pray and search scriptures and just understand what God wants. Uh, very late last year, he told me that we should celebrate purposeful gifts and callings as part of our vision objective of raising a people of purpose. That we should, at this time, concentrate on looking at the various parts of the society that we serve within and outside the church, predominantly outside the church. Many Christians do not understand that their function in the church is just part of the function that helps us to work together to be equipped in order to serve God and to train one another to go out and serve God. Our real mission field is where we practice as doctors, where we practice as teachers, lawyers, where we school, where we practice as pilots, where we practice as sports people, media people. This is our real area of calling and this is our real area of manifestation. When we come together like this, we have light and we emanate light and share light to one another. But the real place God wants us to manifest light is out there where there is darkness. The Bible says darkness shall cover the people. And gross darkness. It says darkness shall cover the earth. And gross darkness shall cover the people. But we who are the light are expected to be the ones who would be helping the people out of their light. So we're going to be starting this celebrating purposeful gifts and callings by... Looking at those, a focus today on those who are called to be clergy, politicians, and administrators. And I'll just quickly touch on those. There is a banner that we'll be using as part of this series. And um, we will be looking at that banner every week as we normally would do. 
And uh, today, the focus, as I said, for the uh, purposeful gifts and callings. He's going to start it, on Second Peter chapter 1, from verse 10 to 11. Second Peter chapter 1, from verse 10 to 11, will be our key verses throughout this series. The Bible says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. Look at your neighbor for me and tell them, Please be diligent to make your calling and your election sure. This is very important. That means whatever you are called to do, whatever grace God has put on your life, it is for you to make it sure, to make it happen. I have a responsibility where I function outside this pulpit to make my calling sure. And this is very, very significant for us as Christians because we must understand that it is in diligent engagement with God to make our callings and elections sure that we are able to be the light bearers that God wants us to be where we are. Every good gift and calling is from above. James 1.17 tells us every good and perfect gift comes from God. So when we are celebrating these people who are called to be clergy people or ministers of the gospel and to be politicians and to be administrators, there is a common thing about their lives. They are people who determine, in many respects, what happens to people. Politicians, individually and at times, within a handful, take decisions that affect millions of people. As I speak to you, there are a handful of people, probably a dozen or so, that are taking very crucial decisions about what will happen to hundreds of millions of people across Europe on matters that have to do with Brexit. There are politicians who sit over nations as big as the United States and take decisions just as a decision of one man that, would, that could affect 300 million people at a go. And so the church must not see herself isolated from this system. The church is not a, an independent, insulated body from the world. The Bible says we are in this world, but we are not of this world. But many times we think the off also means we should not be a part of the world. We should not be into politics. We should not be into those things that seem to be worldly. This is a deception of the devil. And what we are going to be starting with this series is for us to understand why we need to pray that God should help us to have more purposeful gifts like clergymen, politicians, administrators, entrepreneurs, financial experts, IT people, engineers, media people, business people, all those professions there that we mentioned, coming up and taking more leadership and more influence where they operate and also making their own mark. Whilst everyone in this particular category is called into leadership to look after the general well-being of the people they serve, those who are in ministry, privileged to be in ministry, are called to look after the spiritual well-being of man. Those who are called to be politicians may serve to look much more at the physical well-being of man. They provide infrastructure. They make sure that man is happy. There is school to go. There is uh, the things of the hospitals that take care of those needs of man. And those who are administrators generally look after the functional needs of man. They make sure that we function as we ought to function. Every one of these roles are significant. The Bible says concerning a prophet of God in the book of Daniel, the man called Daniel, in Daniel chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible says it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps over the whole kingdom. 
And of over these, verse 2, three governors, of whom Daniel was one. One of them was Daniel, a servant of God. And I believe this is what God still wants to do today. To have in every key area of responsibility in our nationhood and in the areas of spheres of life, in business and in the various places that people function, God wants to have his own Daniel. He wants to have his own Daniel that is there that will keep making sure that the laws of God and the decrees of God are much more those things that influence decisions. God's desire is to raise leaders who fear him in these times. And those who will also do his will. We must understand God's clergymen. Across the world, we have seen the importance of pastors and those who work at high echelons of ministry. God's clergymen have a mandate on their lives to nurture people, train people, and to bring people up in the ways of the Lord and to disciple them. We also have those who we have seen by example, have missed it. And we also should learn as an upcoming generation not to toe the path that they told that caused them to miss this high calling. May the Lord continue to preserve us all in the name of Jesus. Our world will continue to talk about the enduring legacies of the likes of Kenneth E. Hagen, who taught the world in our recent times about the word of faith. We must not forget the labors of the people like Benson Idahosa, a very rugged man of God who left Africa, went to the U.S., did Bible school, and got back to Nigeria never to be the same. Started a revolution of the Pentecostal movement as we know it in Nigeria today in the early 60s. And we must not forget the likes of Miles Monroe. All these men are of blessed memory now. Dr. Miles Monroe taught the world the message of purpose. And we still live in the great works he did, even within his short time on earth. The world still talks about Martin Luther King Jr., who was a reverend in his time, but a special reverend minister, who not only gave birth through his sole effort to the civil rights movement that has caused the emancipation of millions of people today from the uh, claws of racism and all kinds of injustice. The world is still struggling through these things, but these men have left legacies that we cannot fold our arms to just live life and earn a salary and just pass on and just let life pass us by. We must aspire to move up and on and leave our own footprints in the sands of time. We must encourage our young children to become ministers, to become pastors, to become leaders, to become involved with church service. It does not start when they become 20. We start to let them know from age 2, age 3, age 4 that they can serve God. We give them things to do in the house. When you have your family time, teach them how to pray. My children started to lead prayer ever since they could talk. Whatever you could say was good enough. As long as you were, we were around the prayer altar... We taught them how to pray from that age. Let us continue to encourage our children. We all know that there are clergymen that missed it, unfortunately, and led many astray. The world still remembers the story of Jim Jones, who led more than 1,000 people to their peril in a little town called Guyana, and he took them out of America to go and do all that uh, crime against humanity. We know about David Koresh, who was also somebody who operated in a place called Waco in Texas, 
I think about 1994, also led many people to their death. These were men who started off very well as firebrand preachers and gathered a lot of followers onto themselves. But they missed it because they allowed different kinds of the spirit of the enemy to come in. And what God is saying to us today, as those who are called to be clergy, those who are called to be in ministerial offices, we must continue to jealously guard our gifts and calling. Some of you will look at me and say, but Brother Dave, I'm not expecting to be a pastor. I'm not expecting to be a minister. I don't think I would ever become a reverend. I said that about 20, 30 years ago. I never knew that one day I'll be standing on a pulpit like this and ministering as a pastor of a church. I knew I was called to pulpit ministry since 1992 by the grace of God. But it was until time followed that God made me to see that the assignment was more than an itinerant one. And so I am speaking to you today because you may not know, you may not have an idea. I still practice as a professional engineer and as a professional educator by the grace of God. You may be in your profession enjoying what you are doing, but God might be demanding for your attention in the next few weeks, the next few months, the next few years. I want you to be prepared because God is looking for more people who will be celebrated, not because they want to make a name for themselves, but because they want to bring glory to God whom we serve. And this is why LifeGate is an assembly that God has called. He told us a couple of years ago that we have become a movement that would, with all due respect to every ministry that exists, lead this revolution of having as many who are called into various offices also called into the pulpit ministry. And by the special grace of God, we will continue to achieve it in the name of Jesus. We must remember politicians and administrators who also left enduring legacies. The likes of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin remain the known people as the foundation fathers of the American state, North American state of the United States today. And we still celebrate them and what they did in their time. These were God-fearing men who made sure that that country was built on the foundations and the principles of the word of God. We celebrate men like Abraham Lincoln and uh, the likes of Franklin D. Roosevelt, our own Winston Churchill, Benjamin Disraeli, to name but a few. These were politicians who demonstrated in their time the fear of God. And I want us to understand that we must not stop to raise more Christian politicians. We must not stop to raise more people who are uh, MPs and who will be councillors and I dare say who would become prime ministers. I want you to know that every one of these young people that we're looking at today that we celebrate, none of us have a clue what God has in mind for them. Some of them are going to be great leaders in this nation. I say some of them are going to be great leaders in this nation. But we have to give them the foundation from now. We have to channel their thoughts from now. We have to teach them how to hear God from now. Samuel was called at age three. And he didn't know that it was the voice of God. He ran to Eli. He said, you called me. Eli said, I didn't call you. He ran the second time. He said, you called me. He said, I didn't call you. But the third time, Eli knew that this boy is hearing from God. And he said to him, son, whenever you hear that voice again, he said, you should say to him, speak, for your servant is listening. If you hear any of these young ones ever sharing a dream with you about how they see themselves running this country or running corporations, please don't laugh it off. Please don't laugh it off. If you hear them say that they're going to lead teams and lead nations and people to nations to preach the word and preach 
to crusades and they see themselves in, in places that you could never have imagined you yourself being to, they see themselves there, please don't laugh it up. Please pray with them and let us continue to support them as much as we can. If it means to send them to the right schools and to work together to make sure that they, they explore that potential and become who God says they should be, let us work together to do so. This is not your standard message, my brothers and sisters, but this is my heart desire. And as we grow as a church, this is the direction God wants us to go. We don't want the likes and a repeat of Adolf Hitler's Idi Amin's and tyrants who ruled in history, leading to the perils of millions of souls. We don't want such people to have a sway again. We still have a few despot leaders across the world. And God is looking at you and I and saying, what are you doing about it? We pray, we sing, we trust God, we fast, we do those things that are spiritual. But we need to be more strategic as a church. And we need to work with the body of Christ worldwide in this movement to agree together that we are going to be the people that God is counting on in this time to change the order of the world in the direction that God wants us to go. And we will accomplish it in Jesus' name. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Therefore I exhort you first that of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for men. We must pray more for Christians, old and especially the young, so that they can take on greater roles of leadership of the church. Take on greater roles of leadership in their school. My friend can bear me witness. I gave a stunt, a little stint at campus politics in our days when I ran for, uh, I think it was vice president of our engineering student association at that time. I never knew I had anything like that in me. Something pushed me to go for it, but I went for it. And I learned from that simple experience that if God lays on any one of your hearts, to go to become counselors. Please come and talk to us. Let us use our networks. Let us talk to the people that we can talk to. Nothing stops anyone in this room from becoming mayor of Warsaw. Do you know that? Nothing stops you at all. Nothing stops you from becoming an MP. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean nothing. Tell your neighbor for me, nothing. You just need to be called. Just need to be called. If you have a strong leading, you know that this is the way you want to go. We have the right networks of people that we can connect you to. Who would help you to gather your support and make your dream come true? We need more politicians who are taking those decisions. Like I said, over the matters like Brexit and all the things that are looming over the nation now. We need more God-fearing people over those organizations. Because we are the salt. Tell your neighbor for me, you are the salt. You are the light. You are the change maker. And you will make changes by God's mighty hand. In the name of Jesus. Friends, this is my encouragement to you. And I want you to know that as we engage with these thoughts, they are not high level at all. It just simply means do what you can right where you are. And shine your light. And God will continue to transform our world. In the name of Jesus. Our living in the world does not make us worldly. It is rather making our world to become godly. Let us never think that because we are in the world or we engage with the systems of the world, next week we'll be dealing with another set of professions. I just quickly touched on politics and, uh, and um, uh, church ministry today and administration, but next week we'll look at other professions 
uh, as you would say. Our being in the world does not make us worldly. Our striving to lead in the world system does not make us worldly. Rather, the more we push the boundaries to take the roles that God wants us to take by his mighty hand, we begin to make the world more godly. This is God's desire, and it shall come to pass in Jesus' name. I want us to bow our heads where we are sat and just talk to God for one minute.